0: It's a tight deadline for these novel artists, writers, novel writers. What the fuck do we call them? Writers? Authors. Authors. What's What's an author? (laughs) I don't read. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. I don't read the hell. I watch moving pictures, man. (laughs)
1: Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture-related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me senpai, and joining me tonight, we have our czar of source material, John. (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Closed on Sundays. Chick-fil-A. I I was waiting for it. I knew he
2: was going to finish that off. It's such an awkward pause (laughs) between those two phrases.
1: Uh, And our chivalry of Shoto Shotaro. I put the petty in pretty. I was going, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. <laughs> Where? <laughs> just a moment. I'm uh, not, nope, are moving on. So, uh, tonight, for uh, what we're going to be talking about, so not everything about the anime industry can, of course, be positive. So we have to bring it down a little bit for you guys. Uh, so we're going to talk about some more negative aspects of the anime industry uh, that are, at least in our opinion, perhaps hurting it more than it needs to be hurt currently. Um, And also going to talk about how some of these things may affect the work that's actually produced by anime studios. So I want to start out with something that's been in the news a lot over the last, I would say, year or two, because there's been a lot more. The, The people affected by this have been coming out more and more. And that's the idea of animators being overworked or underpaid for the uh, work that we do. So over the last couple years, there have been several reports that have come out of, um, of animators collapsing at their desks, sleeping at work, being hospitalized for stress, and all kinds of crap. Um, because some of these uh, animators are working 50, 60, 70 hours a week sometimes, and a lot of them, because they're contract workers, don't get paid any overtime. They're getting paid a flat rate.
0: So, I, let me, so I'd like to go ahead. I, I just want to point out something. If no one really knows about Japan, one thing they're really well known for is black companies, and How what that means is, <laughs> well, it's black, It's called a black company because they will overwork you, underpay you, and you're kind of just expected to take it. Wait, right? are they called black and,
1: companies because they're always in the black financially? That would be the red, not the black. No red means you're no red means you're not making any money. And what is the black? Black means that you have a profit.
0: That's weird. I know what you're talking about Alex, but no, I don't know if they call it black company because of that. I thought I thought it was more of like it's black because it's like dark and ominous like oh, mm. you're going to be working as a slave forever I thought it was black for these unknown people. Because it's people.
2: like the black market, so it's like not using ethical means.
0: Maybe? Um I just know that it's called you don't want to work for black companies, but you kind of don't have a choice when it's kind of your only career path See, and i thought it's a very common i thing. was under
2: the understanding that most if not all of japan's companies worked like that overworking their uh, employees
0: well not all like we talked about this on the kill Annie podcast where they don't actually overwork you you have a set amount of hours you're supposed to work and you're supposed to go home but um you see a lot of in manga and even in some animes about like salary man, like there there is a lot of mistreatment. Like even what's what's that fucking Oh my god. It escapes She's me. He's blanking. I'm blanking Clear. Oh my god. Clear. Uh Someone who dies from overworking is like a typical trope you'll see. In manga, mm-hmm. in certain ones, like even in Isekai ones, I was gonna like, say uh, there's been
1: a lot of Isekai coming out with like salary men who just get fucking murdered. Like, oh, a, a good example of that, or, or not murdered, but you know, die. But um, a good example of that is, um, uh, fucking Slime Tensei. He does get murdered, but he also complains right before he get murdered about how overworked he is. Yeah,
0: and so, oh fuck, Death March. So oh, yeah. Uh, the the title, even Death March, means that in like a production company, like a software development company, their employees have to go through the Death March, which is we have a deadline to meet or we've released the product and it needs all support for as long as it is to fix all of the problems when it launches. And that's what they call a Death March. Mm. So it's like people. That's a really good know, analogy, but, though. Yeah. And it's it's a terrible thing. And it's very common in Japan. It's kind of weird because, you know, coming from the good old U.S. of A, we have pretty decent working conditions depending on where you work. You know, if you work for a union, there's a lot of yeah. good compensation and what and industry benefits. you work in. Yeah, so, like, we, our companies here can't work like the black companies in Japan because that's a violation of, you know, our worker rights. We have worker rights here. Uh, in Japan, you don't really got that. Yeah,
1: it's almost like in Japan, labor law is like an afterthought.
0: They're trying to change it slowly but surely, but, you know, when you've got your ancient families who hold all your fucking companies with a stranglehold, it's, it's hard to change, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for sure. It's become so normal for them to have to work under these strenuous conditions and people collapsing and stuff. It's it's really not funny well, you and it know, happens way more than you it's think. It's funny you
1: mention that because when child labor laws went into effect here in the US, there were a lot of people that said the same thing. Well, what are we going to do now for for workers? It's like you'll
0: find new workers who are
1: adults.
0: You'll you'll you'll
1: survive because you'll adapt to this.
0: Yeah, but you know, they want to uh make money without incurring a huge overhead. Yeah. Right? That's just plain business. And um even for people like i know of stories of people who go like uh who want to go to japan right there is companies out there like hey you want to go to come to japan uh just learn some japanese and come teach english for us at our international schools mm-hmm. well if you guys don't know this anyone listening in there are a few companies you should research before you get into bed with them because there's some that don't compensate you for your work like you'll be Instead of working a typical 8- or 10-hour shift at a school, they expect you to create a curriculum plans outside of work, outside of school hours, on top of grading everything and doing everything yourself. And then you're, you know, instead of working 8- to 10 hours, you're working 14-, 16-hour days nonstop, and it's just a terrible experience. Like, that's also not uncommon. Like, black companies don't exist just for salary men; They exist everywhere in the industry where any type of job can exist. Yeah. I- and that's their mentality of, like we've opened our arms to you so we're giving you this opportunity so basically become our slave and that's something i'm really against you know like fucking unionize man mm-hmm. um so kind of going off the back we're get, kind of getting away
1: from anime but going off the back a uh, back of what you said with um these companies that will hire uh people to come teach english um i've heard of stories where uh there's like a group of them they'll go over all at the same time and they end up in the same school and, like, one will get fed up and quit and just go back home uh, if they can. And then the company will just expect one of the people that's still left behind to just take up the work of a second person for no additional
0: money. Yeah, and this is also very common in the anime industry because everyone's treated like shit. You know, all the workers are being treated like garbage. Well, and it doesn't because... It doesn't help that, that,
1: that a majority of animators are uh, independent contractors, essentially, that come and go throughout um, studios at will, and they can leave at any time. I mean, they're not necessarily, you know, forced to stay there because they don't work for the studio.
0: And another thing is, like, there's a lot of, even, like, there's a lot of peer pressure, okay, from your coworkers that it's expected that you take up this mantle of responsibility without any additional pay because it's like, well, we gave you a job, and here's an opportunity to show that you're willing to be a slave so you might get preferential treatment somewhere along the line, but for now, you're gonna work to death.
1: Yeah, that's no way to work though. That's not really working. That's that's basically paid slavery.
0: Indentured servants, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, I was reading an article about um, how many animators are asked to take on overtime work, and they use the they use the phrase "ask," but it's heavily encouraged, which basically means you're being told, "Do it, or you're fired." Um. <laughs> 72% of animators that, that responded to this survey said that they are always asked in every single project that they've ever worked on to do overtime work without extra pay.
2: A disclaimer the survey were using only sample 25 animators so it may not be That's
1: that true. reliable For 25 animators who were brave enough to come forward
0: <laughs> so and um, my job my current job where I work we call that being voluntold. Yeah. Like, You are you can volunteer, but if you don't volunteer, it's going to be bad for you. So it's the, that's what the, we have. The managers to the probably love the you're,
1: people that actually do volunteer because it's like, oh, less people I have to hassle.
0: Well, no, they don't even care because it's all about numbers, right? They need a certain amount of people to do a certain amount of work. So that's why it's you're being voluntold. I'm asking you to volunteer, but essentially you're being voluntold that if you don't do it, you're still going to come here and it's going to be even worse.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's just and as bad as the overwork is and it's 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 a really big problem is the the problem of of animators not getting paid for the work they do um and obviously like if you're working your ass off for something and then you you say the company says
0: well I owe you and it's like no you give me money now and this com- again stems from the whole idea of like in Japan, the reason why these black companies exist and this unpaid overtime exists is because, well, this is the amount of workload our department has to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And regardless of who does it or who has to stay to get it done, it needs to get done. And the people who are unfortunate to have this fall on them just have to do it because it's work that needs to be done. That's why they don't get paid for it. Because it's like if you're working in a salary man environment, let's say you've got 10,000 contracts that you need to look through it doesn't matter if someone had to go home sick or if fucking five of your temps quit that day that 10,000 contracts still need to be looked over because that's your workload for the day or god forbid one of your
1: employees gets pregnant
0: yeah because no one no one has like a single deadline you know they don't have a bar or a, a quota that they need to meet it's a whole department's worth and that's what's shitty because that's how they do business
1: Do you think that some of this, at least in the anime industry in particular, is driven by the fact that there's so many anime now that come out per season
0: that it just gets harder and harder for these studios to keep up? I think it's... Yeah, I would say so. Because, you know, when you've got fucking 30, 40-plus anime a season to crank out, that's a lot of things you need to do, you know? And animation isn't an easy job. There's so many different roles that need to be filled. There's a lot of things that need to get done. And it's such a harsh industry that no one really wants to go into it. So now you have a lack of labor force. So you got to force the work on the people who are already stuck there, who can't really move anywhere. Cause it's like, well, I've made this my livelihood for the last 10 years. And I can't just be like, yeah, no, fuck it. I'm not going to do this overtime because who's going to hire a contract worker who doesn't finish their work. Right. Yeah. And this comes back to the whole peer pressure thing. It's like you're being hired as a contract worker for fucking Aniplex or for, um, I don't know any other studios that I can think of that are super big that can afford this. But yeah, it's like, Toei. well, you're small. Yeah, like Toei. You, you've got a small, maybe 12, 15 man team, and only a couple of you are available to work. But if you guys don't finish this contract out, even, you know, because there's delay problems and you've got to work overtime, you got to do it because you guys already got paid. You're already hired as a contract. If you don't finish it, no one's going to want to hire you. Yeah. And,
1: and it's it's almost it's it's worse, I think, for people in, in the anime industry or especially people anywhere who are in um, the arts, because you think a lot of these animators probably went to school and got a degree in animation or art or production design or something like that. And let's say they get tired of this industry and they want to get out of it. What are they going to do? Like, there's not going to be a stock brokerage firm that's going to hire an animator. Nope. I mean, and it's all you're, it's, you're relegated, all you're relegated by to the, basically um, starting over and doing entry level work somewhere like mopping floors or something, which
0: you're not any you're not really that much better off than where you were. And it becomes an issue because like the people who have the money, the producers and the um, publishers, they're the ones who have these contracts sent out mm-hmm. and you can't be picky with your work because of that. That's why a lot of things that have like you mentioned um, earlier we were having the discussion, a lot of anime that have a lot of production studios involved generally don't come out very great because everyone's working on a time crunch and there's a lot of just jobs unfinished that other people have to pick up and it, it's not a smooth transition. You know, it's it was, instead of one project, now it's like 15 independent projects you need to smash together to make work.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's like that old adage, too many cooks spill the broth. I mean, you got too many people with their hands in this pie, someone's getting screwed. And it's probably not the people that are putting the most money into it.
0: And with all these animators working basically, they're all freelance contractors, you know? It's hard to say no when oh, she's a fucking huge company like Toei or Aniplex or, or A1. A1 approaches, He's like, hey, we need some help on this show. Uh, you'll get this certain percentage of this money. And you know it's like all right well what's the workload look like well it's oh well it's not gonna look that bad we just need you for like two and a half maybe three weeks but then you get into it and you know there's production delays yeah and you're not getting paid for the delays you know in your contract it doesn't say anything about delays you kind of just you got to pick up something else to fucking tide you over and or it may you got the deadline you may
1: actually be working two and a half three weeks but you're going to be working 80 to 90 hours a week
0: yeah, because that project that supposedly was only supposed to take two and a half, three weeks was actually a project meant for a team double or quadruple your size. But they're trying to save money. This this all makes everyone suffer. The anime suffers, the workers suffer, and the sales are going to suffer because it wasn't done right. Doesn't wasn't done correctly. Yeah. But you know these publishers don't care because they're like, who cares? We just need to crank shit out. People will buy buy our shit. Yeah, we need to and crank that- shit out to make merchandise and keep the cycle feeding itself. And that leads to the next problem. Like, a lot of merchandise isn't even going to the production companies. They're going to the publishers who have the rights to it.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, whatever whatever company funds certain things that are on the production committee. Like you know, Sony Music. If Sony Music's on your production committee, um, they're probably going to get most, if not all, the revenue for any of the soundtracks that are sold. So exactly. So explain the production committee system so that. Yeah, I guess I I guess I should since we have mentioned it. So um, that's something that's brought up a lot in in criticisms of the anime industry as it currently is. So and it's it's a pretty big thing. It, It may even warrant its own episode deep diving into it down the line but i do kind of want to briefly go over what it is so a production committee system is uh, probably put simply enough a joint venture a subsidiary company that is created or formed by various entities so sometimes these can be um, like a music production company a publishing company a distribution company a streaming service a television uh, station you know, whatever they they can all come together in various ways contribute a various amounts of money to this uh production committee and then the production committee ends, ends up pooling all this money to fund an anime pro- project so they send that money to uh well they don't always send the money to the, the studio but they say all right here's the money we've collected this is your budget uh make make this anime um it's it's worth noting this isn't unique to the, to anime this is used Uh, to produce multiple, almost all forms of entertainment in Japan, whether it's a live action TV show, uh, stage plays, uh, 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 live action movies. Just about any form of entertainment in Japan is created using production committees these days. Um, So a lot of people ask, why why do they use this instead of studios self-funding? Well, a lot of studios, especially newer studios and smaller studios, don't have the capital to self-fund productions. Pretty much the only studios you see that do self-fund are ones that are enormous, like A1 Pictures, because it's part of Aniplex, um, or studios that have been around for eons, like Toei or... Um, uh, Sunrise. Sunrise, yes. Um, so one of the, the pros in doing a production committees uh, for your anime is that it minimizes the risk involved for each individual entity. So the more entities you actually bring into your production committee, the more you can allocate risk outwards. So if you're making a a production that ends up failing or it's, you know, it's not as popular as people think it's going to be, it's not one company that is incurring all of the loss to it. It's spread out among a bunch of different companies. And that makes it so that the company that the companies that fund it don't end up going bankrupt because they funded a, a flop. Um, but conversely, this also can uh, reduce the potential profit to all entities involved because say you have like a production committee that has five or six different entities that are throwing money into it. Okay. Now you have a uh, production that is insanely popular. Let's take Demon Slayer, for instance. Um, Become, you have something that becomes extremely popular. Now, instead of one company getting all the profit, you're having to break that profit up and then split it up, up amongst all the different entities in the production committee. Um, so this is kind of a negative because um, anime studios tend to be at the whim of the production committees that fund their shows, and it's not a guarantee that the studio itself will even be on the production committee. Um and because of this some studios cannot even directly profit from the anime that they make like for like merchandise they can't they cannot directly profit off of it so when when the money comes in for you know the profits for an anime production it gets split up via contracts you know each entity says how much of a percentage they're willing to take as a profit and then whatever's left over in that situation typically goes to the studio unless the studio is part of the production committee so it's not – it's a great way to get things funded because you have a bunch of people coming in to, to fund something. But it's also bad because the studios themselves end up not owning the properties that they make.
0: So I'd say that as good as the Joint Assimilated Committee or whatever the fuck it's called, the – um. I just it makes me think of you know the old adage um shit rolls downhill. Mm-hmm. So let's say that a huge committee comes together and it does produce a flop the ones at risk who brunt the financial would be the the investors sure but now the people involved in it would are going to get blamed it's like oh well the shitty show or the show ended up shitty because you guys didn't do well in sound design you guys didn't do well in animation you didn't meet this deadline you you know it that's how it goes in business right mm-hmm. they're always going to get So even though, sure, they don't have to front the money and they get jobs and they have contract work to do, they still have to pay a price if it doesn't end good. And the boons of it, if it does become a successful show, the companies involved don't get anything anyway. So it's like... It's not really a good thing. That's why I, instead of saying it's kind of a negative, it's definitely a negative. Yeah, you know. I, I will say like, if I,
1: there if there is one like overall positive, it, especially if a uh, an anime studio isn't on the production committee, it means that if that anime studio produces something that does flop, the the studio itself is one hundred percent protected from financial restitution because of it.
0: Yeah, they're protected, but now who's going to want to hire that studio? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's that's like why it's still a bad idea, man. Yeah. Um it, it's
1: funny because like, the the whole production committee thing started back in the 80s and it started with two two productions that are considered really good productions today and that's the movies Akira and Nausicaa the Valley of the Wind. Those were the two those were the first two anime productions that used committees. And it shows that, yeah, you can make really profitable stuff using a
0: committee, but it's not a guarantee. And, you know, it's like it's like the fucking social media influencers, right? Mm-hmm. They think that it's kind of in the same vein in the aspect that if you're part of this committee and it does well, everyone's going to know who you are, and everyone's going to want to work with you, right? Yeah. And that sounds great, and especially if you're on something like akira which was it's so widely known like everybody knows akira there's so many shows that pay homage to akira with the bike the jacket and it's only good though if it works and with the anime how it is in this day and age sure it makes more money every year and year but our production studios are seeing less and less of it like they're not getting an increase of it. Yeah,
1: there was, um, um, there was, there was an article I read. I want to say about a month or so ago about how it was saying that the anime industry as a whole has never been making more money than it is now, but there are more studios now that operate in the red than there have ever been.
0: Yeah, because again, they're all fighting each other for work, so whoever gets the scraps gets it. Then they're being overworked, and people don't want to do this job anymore.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a vicious cycle, is what it is. Yep. Um. So one of the things I found in in researching anime production committees, I found someone bless them who I believe works for anime news network who compiled a, um, a spreadsheet of, uh, anime productions, TV anime productions over the last three years and lists out all the different entities on the production committee. And you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. One thing I noticed is that the more entities that tend to be on your production committee kind of means you're, Pro- your project product that you're producing is kind of shitty.
0: And again, I, f- I just feel like when a studio, like take, for example, kill Annie, they do everything in house. The stuff that they publish is pretty decent. Like it's very rare for a production studio, in my opinion, to throw out like an 80 to 90% success rate for their shows. And that only works well because everyone knows kill Annie is like, Oh, they animate beautifully. Everything looks good. They usually have good stories. And it, it works, but when you got other smaller studios that are kind of just like JC Works um, that just kind of pick JC up staff? whatever. J, yeah, JC Staff. They kind of just pick up whatever and just try to crank out as much as possible because they have the funds to do it, I guess, and the, the employees to do it. But they also contract a lot of people as well. And it's like the more contract people you have, the less money your company is going to get which is also a negative of the whole um super council thingy. And you know, when you have other companies like you were saying Sony Records or like even uh like Good Smile if they're a part of it, they're going to retain the rights to things that people are attracted merchandise. to, like the merchandise. Exactly. Which like, is
1: which is let let I mean let's be honest, it's not the broadcast rights that make money in in the anime industry anymore. It is the merchandise.
0: Yeah, definitely because merchandise is super expensive like um Blu-ray DVDs coming out for like sixty to seventy-five USD or whatever it is with <coughs> Japanese <flex>. money. <laughs> it's uh, it's fucking ridiculous. But you know, fans will always buy stuff, and when you retain hundred percent of the merchandise rights, you're profiting a lot more than these animation studios are. And if the production is a flop the merchandisers are sure they're not going to make money but they're not fronting the blame everyone's going to blame the fucking studios yeah and that's fucked and sometimes they have little to nothing to do with it a a good example with the
1: merchandise thing so um one of the things that i do i'm i'm i've i've every month i give a little money to studio trigger on patreon and if you ha- i will say if you have some extra money do throw it their way because they're a great studio with phenomenal people um and one of the things that they do they try to do it monthly, but it's usually every two months, is they do a live stream where they have an animator come on and they do, like, a live drawing. And in the process of this, what they do is they'll they'll ask for questions from the people watching and the people who uh, fund them through Patreon. And there was a question that someone asked uh, a few months ago when they were doing a live stream that I found really telling. Um, and it was... It was a question about Little Witch Academia. So, Little Witch Academia was an anime that was produced by Studio Trigger. It was uh, pretty successful. It was well received in both Japan and in North America. Um, and but there hasn't to date there really hasn't been much in the way of officially licensed merchandise for Little Witch Academia. Um, and as far as I know, there's still not a way to uh, purchase Little Witch Academia like on Blu-ray outside of Japan. Um, Isn't it but on the question was asked, Netflix? Huh? It, yeah, it's on Netflix. Mm. Um, that and that may be why. Um, but one of the questions that was asked was why there hasn't been a whole lot of merchandise being produced for Little Witch Academia, even though it was pretty successful both in Japan and in North America. And the question, or the the answer that they gave was because the production committee says we can't do it. Like and there's there's like concepts that have been drawn up for Little Witch Academia merchandise that have been like leaked on Twitter and such, but the production committee says no, we don't see any profit in this, even though the studio wants to produce this merchandise. the The production committee will not let them. That's that can't be good. Like that, I just don't see that as a net good thing.
0: Yeah, because unlike here in America where we have, like, um, intellectual property rights and you can sign contracts to get, like, royalties Mm -hmm. based off of your IPs, they don't have that type of protection over there. Not in the same sense that we do. It's slightly different. Yeah. And that's because in these production committees, the ones who are fronting all of it, you know what I'm saying, that's what they have to give up to have all their investors come in. And that's why it's, you know, a deal with the fucking devil.
1: Yeah, well, these these these, these um, different production companies and stuff, they hold onto their IPs in Japan like a fucking hawk. It's like, no, you can't license this, no. Even if you can help us make money off this, no, it's ours.
2: Yeah, the biggest problem um, I'm seeing with the production committees is that it makes the anime studios themselves not really sustainable because, like, they're basically the bitch of the committees. Like, they're basically mm-hmm. contract workers because... They just do the work, they get the flat payment, and they don't get any further profits from whether the show succeeds or not, which, like you said, is good if it flops, but like how are these studios gonna grow and eventually come into a more self-sustaining uh business model? Like, there's no way out of this. This is like a self-perpetuating hole that they're being trying that it's impossible to climb out of and that they've got themselves into um and these studios i don't see a way for them to become independent and actually like thrive off their own distinctive work if this keeps if this model keeps uh being the main model
1: that anime studios work by it's almost like they're being asked to dig their own 10-foot grave
0: that's like that's that's what it's like. I mean, and something very similar to this is um, in the video game industry. It's very similar where you have um, developing companies like Visceral Games. Uh, they they made Dead Space, one of my most favorite fucking RPG series. It's not eh, it's like sci-fi horror RPG, but I fucking love Dead Space one and two. Uh, Dead Space three is an example of how they were bought out by EA. Visceral was owned by EA. And EA's producers were like, hey, we kind of want to make money, so let's insert this shitty type of like evolving gameplay. It's going to be revolutionary, and we're going to slap microtransactions in it. And it just became a flop, because it's like, this feels lazy, uninspired, and why the fuck did I just pay $60 for a fucking video game, and I can't even play it, because you want me to spend more money to just play the fucking game? Like, what? And then, you know, when it becomes a flop, then the fucking owners of them just axe the company like visceral has gone man and it sucks do you
2: feel like the production committee system cares less about its customers and more about just maximizing profit
1: yes that's exactly what i think
2: they're like not incentivized to engender loyalty because it would be loyalty to a company that they're not even affiliated with they're like this is a one-time project that i'm gonna fund you and then bye i'm gonna go fund another project like there's no incentive for them to treat their customers like fairly because they don't even care about customer loyalty so that's another problem because they
0: know that there's this giant pool that people always want to fill right like they have a void in anime where it's like oh i like this show i want some merchandise i want this i want that and as long as the committee gets their cut, they really don't care what happens to anyone else involved. Cause it's like, well, you did the work and people like our shit and we're making a shit ton of money. Uh, maybe we'll toss some scraps your way later. Like that's, that's how, that's what it boils down to. And
1: that's if you do everything we say. And if we make money.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of ifs and it's a
1: lot of, it's just a lot of bad man like it also invites something that has been happening um but well, this is actually something that's been happening for a little while now in in Hollywood here in the US um so uh there have been a fair amount of uh chinese uh like capital for like uh god what's the word uh financial capital firms that have started to uh, fund production of hollywood movies and you can kind of tell when this has been done, especially if there's like really odd, uh, like Chinese product placement in a movie that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. You can, you can pretty much tell that a Chinese company has put a bunch of money into it. My fear with this, the committee system is that this is going to start happening to, to anime. And I mean, there are some Chinese, uh, like startups and capital firms that have been in some anime productions already, but, my my fear is that with everything going on in China right now, um, there's gonna be a push to maybe insert like like mess with the artistic integrity of what's being created, um, and insert stuff that's like you know Chinese product placement or pro Chinese government propaganda. I've just that's banned, my in
0: fear.
1: <laughs> yeah, banned, banned in China,
0: yeah, banned in China. <laughs>
1: that's my fear though i mean because there there have already been there's already examples out there of um members of production committees that have affected the actual um content that goes into the anime a good example of this is um grimgar so if you watched the anime uh, adaptation of grimgar what i forget what the full title was but um (laughs) Illusions um, and Ash something something ash i forget there's ashes in it somewhere um, I, I swear it's grimgar of illusions and ash something like that um but anyway um something that a lot of people noticed about that anime production is there were a, a fair number of insert songs and the reason for that is one of the uh, entities in the production com- or the production committee that put in the most money was sony music and they wanted to be able to sell more soundtracks
2: I mean, so, but the just, all of the I, music I, 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 I just, in that show was by one artist.
1: Yeah, but they they but I'm saying that Sony Music asked them to put more insert songs into the anime production. Okay, I mean they're only going to profit
2: off
0: that one artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're profiting regardless.
1: Yeah, and they asked they asked the uh, the animators to put it in when it wasn't there in the first place. That's my point. What? I mean, there's nothing stopping any other entity from going in and saying, "Hey, um, you know, one of our partners is like Toyota. Would you mind putting a bunch of Toyotas in the background?" <laughs> Main character gets isekai'd by a Toyota truck, gets hit by a Tacoma or a Tundra. Or how you I'm saw down, that, dude. You saw that in Dimension W. Like there were Toyotas I'm everywhere. Down.
0: Yeah, but the Super is cool, so I'm gonna. <laughs> you know, there's there's some times where slide. I'm okay with it. I'm I'm gonna let it slide. That's a fucking Super, bro. Come on, <laughs> like. But yeah, it was super, um, yeah, that product placement was pretty bad. It had nothing relevant to the story other than this is a car, but we're going to make sure you know that it's a fucking Supra. Also, um, I looked up Grimgar. So it's it's called Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash. Fantasy and Ash. Okay. I knew Ash was in there somewhere. So that's the official translation. However, it's literally translated as Grimgar, Ashes and Illusions. Okay. So I was right.
1: Sure. Ashes in both of them though, so I feel like I was right anyway that that's my biggest fear is that there's gonna they're they're gonna start letting these companies in there that clearly don't have the best interest of the actual final product in mind. all they see is a way to make money and maybe further their own agenda
0: yeah that's that's definitely one of the bigger issues with all these production committees going forward and especially in an industry that grows like was it 13% or 18% from last year or whatever the fucking statistic was? It's something
1: something like that percentage. I don't remember the exact percentage, though.
0: It's a pretty decent growth, and you know how are studios operating at worse levels than before? And then you look at the production committees and you now start to understand, oh, that's why, because all these companies want to invest because they just want their money. They want their piece of the pie. Like, fuck the people who actually do the hard work. We gave you the startup capital, so we should get more. Yeah. It's like, it's fucked, man.
1: And hell, going back to the, the concept of underpaid animators, I mean, when, when it's the, the animation studio who contracts out the animators to pay, being the last ones that get paid in the committee system, no wonder
0: the, the animators are underpaid.
1: They're fighting for the scraps that are left over from the committee system.
0: So what would you say would be a good solution to all this, though? Because it was established such a long time ago, and this is just, you know, this is what happens. Well, this is how the industry has always been. Yeah, Right. Or well, not hasn't always becoming, been, but it has been that way yeah, for all, but, well over 30 years now. Well, we established that this way worked in the past, and it's still working for us who are profiting. Mm-hmm. But they don't really care about the suffering of other people involved.
1: I, feel I would say... Like, how would, go ahead. I don't, think there's one, I don't think there's one way to solve it if that's what you're going after.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've touched on this a little bit before about, like, maybe we should all just self-fund, but... I don't know how that would work really well for a bunch of studios because you know not every studio is a love of every like one out there. Like Trigger has a fucking undying fan base that's willing to throw money away. Kyoani has an undying fan base, and it's hard for studios that are smaller to even get a part of that because they're not big enough and they don't always produce fucking game changing shows that blows everyone out of the water. Were you gonna say something, show?
2: I think a possible solution would be considering the option of negotiating with an international entities such as Crunchyroll, Netflix, and Amazon. And obviously they can't be like the only entities that are funding everything. But I feel that they might be more likely to maybe give more um, profits to the studios than the production committee system that is currently in Japan. And even if they aren't going, like, obviously they can't fund everything, but even just the ability for the studios to say to the production, to the actual Japanese committees, the studios could be like, oh, you want to give us these unfavorable terms? Well, why don't we just go to Netflix? Or why don't we just go to this other random international studio, and then, you know, be more harder with your so negotiating. threatening them with deep yes. pockets. like, just the existence of an alternative may be able... You may be able to strong-handle... Oh, that's not... Strong-arm a better <laughs> uh, deal with these committees because, like, you're gonna still have to deal with the committees. You can't just, like, go cold, cold turkey, break out of them. But eventually, if you start sharing profits you may be able to self-fund at some later date once you build up your own capital. So that might be uh, something they could
0: do. So my issue with that is that when you try to leverage a situation like that, these committees who hold the high ground will just blacklist you. Like, let's say you do go on an adventure and Netflix or Crunchyroll or Amazon even picks you up and helps you for one or two seasons of a show. What happens after that? Because they're not always going to, you know, they're they're just like other businesses. If it turns out to be a flop, they're not going to care. They don't want to do it again. So now you're back with your fucking tail between your legs to these com- committees who are just like, well, you said no to us in our terms. And you went over to them and you thought they were going to fund you forever, but they didn't. And that's a fear that a lot of these um, studios face, that they can't just rely on some people to like, come their way and give them a bone every now and then. I mean, so that's one of the reasons why they, they stick to the committees because I mean, it's you, yeah, it's it's not the best but at least it's consistent.
2: You say that but like from the data on the spreadsheet that we've been seeing like there's no real loyalty to a particular funder like it's just like random funders go in and out. So what like what, lo- what like what loyalty do or like, what response, not responsibility, but like, sounded I, I don't know how to say this, but yeah, but like, what incentive does the studios have to please the um, committee members when they, the committee members switch out for every effing, like, show they produce? Like, it's not like it's the same committee member on every single show. Like, it's different every time.
0: Because the committee members are a united front. And if they're the ones who decide that, you know what? You guys turned your back on the committee. No one in the committee is going to be willing to work with what you. What do you mean, they're turn the back on the committee? Because they have so many people coming in and out of the committee. You know what I'm saying? What? That if they wrong just one like set of people on the committee, that no one else that goes into the committee is going to make an enemy of themselves. Just because if, if you're a part a of the committee that funds that it... My point is, if just because the committees don't show loyalty to you as an anime studio, they still will fund you as long as people know you're willing to work like a fucking dog. They'll still throw you a bone more often than someone like Netflix or Crunchyroll or Amazon would because they don't go on ventures as often as the people in the committee. That's what I'm saying. There's more reliable work from the committee.
1: Okay. <laughs> I get like that. <laughs> that is like, I don't even want to fight with this anymore. <laughs> well, because I understand you're saying what saying committee, saying. but you when, mean uh, investor. He means yeah. individual aspects of it. I think.
0: I'm talking about the people who are like, "Hey, we want to be a part of your production of this anime, but we are only going to invest this amount of money." And then when they're done, they just go to, "Hey, we saw we saw a different anime that's being picked up by a different studio as the animator, so we're going to go there for the money." right that's how this production studio or this production committee works they go where the money is no
2: the committee doesn't go anywhere (laughs) the investors go
0: places yeah investors swap everything i said for investors i'm gonna go back i'm (laughs) confused (laughs) i meant the investors my bad
2: so wait so you're saying that okay so if you like fuck over one investor and be like i don't want these terms then what's gonna happen
0: then the other investors wouldn't ever want to work with you so anymore. you're
2: saying all the investors are like a they're a united front really
0: it would seem so like if the investors only care about making money then why would anyone want to ever negotiate with you for terms that don't agree with them like they want to make all the money right
1: they don't well, okay. care about
0: what the production studio I, gets i
1: think I, I think i can i can i can do an example for this so last season there was uh the second season of Don Machi. is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon um that was done by jc staff uh, okay so let's say during the production warner brothers japan which was the entity that funded it the most or put the most amount forward to fund the production. What if they came to J C staff and said, Alright, we don't want you to adapt this particular part of the light novel because someone some uh the, the I don't know, the Chinese government doesn't like it and we wanna distribute this in China and J C staff basically says, Well fuck you, then Warner Brothers can pull out and take all their money. Uh-huh. And Warner Brothers can also take out Warner Brothers is their is a distribution arm. So I mean, they've also lost all of their distribution for like to um for for their um for their physical copies of their stuff. Okay, well that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is
2: like you lay out the terms before you start the production for Don Machi and if Warner Brothers isn't someone who is you you who's terms you agree with then it's like okay bye we're not gonna do one of us. we're gonna do good smile instead and then if good smile isn't the one that is gonna offer the right
0: terms you go to aniplex or whatever okay that makes sense yeah but again you can't stall forever like eventually eventually what's
1: gonna happen is there's gonna be no interest in anyone helping you fund your project
0: and this is the whole fighting for scraps thing that we're coming back to where the industry has just become you're just going to fight for scraps and you're going to only get scraps you can't negotiate for something better
1: yeah i i think that there's not just like i said before i don't think there's necessarily one way to solve this issue um i think that there are certain things that can happen that would um make it better uh first and foremost not having 30 40 50 60 70 anime come out a season might help um <laughs> so that you don't have a million different companies trying to fund 30 billion different, you know, productions. Um, that, I think that would help. Um, I think you're starting to see that too. When I, when I, when this started happening, I was like, you know, maybe it's just companies being really risk averse, which they are anime, anime studios are becoming more and more risk averse. But, um, there's this, there's been this trend over the last few years of, you know, it, well it used to be um, you know you an anime got uh, an anime got adapted of like a source material like like a um, a light novel or, or a manga and then it got one season and that was it and never got anything else even no matter how popular it was, it never got anything else. that's changing now there's like there's anime that keep coming out a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth season and it's happening year after year after year. And I think that's something that could actually help. If you could, if you do that, accompanied by making less anime per year and kind of sticking with stuff you know works, I mean, that might help. You might not have to be so reliant upon production committees to fund your entire project because these projects already have a built-in fan base that's coming over from previous seasons. I mean, um,
2: I don't think this trend is as sustainable As what they were previously doing and making like these random IPs and just throwing them out. Because the recent sequels, for the most part, are not as quality as the prequels that they're like trying to follow. They just feel like cheap cash grabs. It's like, oh, you know this show? We're going to do a cheap sequel that is not as near the quality as the first one. And you're going to watch
1: it and you're going to buy it. It may have something to do with that concept of nostalgia cells, You're right. I mean, I, you, you may be right about that. Um, but I'd also think, going back to what I was saying, in, in addition to doing that, I would say um, rework all these contracts with the production committees to allow anime studios, if they'd like, to create, sell, and distribute their own merchandise for the shows that they make. How? Yeah. <laughs> By by negotiating that in a contract. But, like, why
2: why wouldn't they do that? Like, what would allow them to do that now that they haven't been able to do that since? Contracts.
0: I think what Alex is saying is that, it's just like your idea where the animation studio is like, hey, before we start on getting in bed with the production committee and all these people involved and doing what you want, let's write a fucking contract that states our terms more favorably. Yeah. Like,
2: well, I Cause... was saying that you hold them hostage and say, if you don't agree with this contract, I'm going to go international for my funding. Um, but, like, I mean, yes, obviously you're going to need a contract, but, like, what's going to incentivize the investors to agree to these new terms that aren't as profitable to them?
1: Because and you I'm could profit that... share with them. With who? The studio could p- profit share with them with who? instead of them profit sharing with the studio. But if these investors agree I, to profit sharing, they're gonna make less profit. So why would they ever change? So they, no, they wouldn't necessarily make less profit. They could make more profit because let's say okay, let's say that Good Smile is on a production committee for a show, right? And of course, Good Smile being known for you know figures, they're gonna make some figures for some of the characters in the show. Now let's say that there is a a certain figure that um, one of the animators at a studio like designs. For one of the characters is really, really popular, and they go to the production committee, and the production committee says, "No, we're not going to make this." They, like they go to Good Smile, who's on the production committee, and say, "No, we're not going to make this." Well, if you had had it in the contract that the studio could make and sell and distribute their own merchandise, then the studio could take on the risk of making that figure, selling it, and distributing it themselves, and then they could maybe in the in the in the in the contract maybe they say they split the profits with uh good smile i don't know 7525 i know you're using the trigger
2: example uh as like that you stated earlier in this episode as like an inspiration for this
1: right i'm i mean i wasn't thinking about that when i came up with it but i mean it could be used for that yes i mean but like in, in that
2: specific example the production committee said it wouldn't be profitable so that's why they didn't do it so really, if they did go ahead and do it, if they did have that contract in place and they're like, oh, you think it's not profitable, well, we're going to do it anyways, then really the only like, good thing that would come out of that is that fans would be able to get these products, but it would not be good for the companies because, I mean, their economists said that it wasn't
1: going to work out that well. I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that there's, there's room for both, though. I think there, there. I think there's room for giving anime studios leeway to come up with their own merchandise.
2: You think that anime studios will have ideas that, in marketing, that will be more profitable
1: for their IPs rather than the production committees? I think they might. I don't. I don't think. I'm not going to sit here and say that 100 percent of the time everything that they come up with is going to sell like hotcakes. No, but I think that um, the the animators are more invested in what they're making than the production companies are because it's the animators that are, it's their blood, sweat, and tears that are making the anime.
2: You might be right. I personally don't think that uh, the production studios or, yeah, the, the anime studios themselves would make more money if they were in charge of their own marketing, but that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'd say one of the boons of having the committee is that they have more resources to do shit they have the relations with everyone, but when you've got a committee that's like, "Nah, we don't want to do that," then it kind of just gets fucked, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, a, a good ex- another good example, like, just say you wanted to make a poster and sell it, like, of one of your characters or a group of your characters, and the production committee says, "Nah," like, well, why?
2: actually, if the production committee is thinking about, like, for example, the Chinese government or like motives that have nothing to do with profit then yes it would be a good idea for the anime studio to make decisions not based on politics or company reputation that is not them um, and just do uh, decisions for pure profit that they would benefit from in that case yes I can see why it would be a good idea for them to be in charge of their own marketing
1: yeah, I mean, and you never know who's going to be on your production committee. Okay. I mean, it could be someone who doesn't have the best interest of the people you're making the anime for. Yeah, in mind. sometimes
2: a production committee is concerned with more than just profit. They're also concerned about other things, and that's definitely something that can be solved if the anime studio is in
1: charge of what they can and cannot sell. So yeah, yeah, I it just it seems so sad to me. We we think of we think of things like. I don't know, K- well, K-on's a bad example, because um, that's KyoAni. We think of something like Kill a Kill as a trigger property, but they own so little of that IP that it's not even really fair to call it a trigger property. It's the property
0: of the production committee that funded it. So, all I really think is that this is a podcast about three men who are trying to save anime. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to save anime, guys.
1: Notice how I keep going hit trigger examples for saving anime too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean know, it's just
1: it's frustrating because I I think I, I I hate to speak for you guys, but I think the three of us here we love anime, we want to see this industry grow and succeed, but the the trajectory it's on does not actually seem like a viable strategy for long term success. Nope.
0: Yeah, and the whole like, well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm like, yeah, but it's wearing down, man. It's, it's so leaking. broken that your fucking animators are jumping off roofs. Oh god, yeah, that happened. And it's hard it's really hard to try to come up with a solution cuz for one, I am not a professional accountant. <laughs> um I didn't go to college for this. But it just, you know, it it just pains me to see that all of these studios seem to be so stressed out and Working for such shit pay in such shit conditions, like I just don't, I don't, I don't like seeing that.
1: Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, these people, these animators and these artists, I mean, they they're doing this because they love art, they love creating this shit, and it seems so, it seems so bad to just throw them under the and it is they're throw it's, they're being thrown under the bus, um, they're 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 being it's it's so frustrating. I mean, because I know that these people love what they do and they want to keep doing it, but not at the expense of their own lives and livelihood. Any closing thoughts? Uh, Show. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how you're like, let's end this now. We're at the hour mark. Let's go.
0: <laughs> no, it just seems like we've run out of uh, things to complain about. And I mean, it's pretty apparent all the negative aspects, right? Yeah. We've well, there, debated there between one, solutions. There is one
1: bullet point we have written down here that we haven't talked about, although I think this is more geared toward the two of you because you guys are more uh, source material whores than I am.
0: Are we? Okay.
1: Are we've just, Am I? I just
2: wrote this down as just a side point of another thing that is inadequate about the industry but more relevant to the Western uh, aspect of the industry in that a lot of manga... First of all, a lot of manga does not get translated officially. Second of all, the yeah. manga that or light novels, especially light novels don't get translated even less. Um and a lot of source material even though even if it does get translated, it's like 3 to 3 months to a year after it's come out in Japan. Overlord. And that's just <laughs> that's not really like, what? That's not a practical way to have the product be served to the customers. Because I mean, I know we I'm we've talked about this before, but like translate like independent fanlations come out for manga like the week of, or not the week of, like couple days after, and for light novels or
1: sometimes the day yeah, of, and
2: for light novels for books they come out like within a month and. What are the official publishers doing? The official publishers that have, like, a large name behind them that have all this money but will refuse to, like, invest anything in these products. And, you know, maybe if you invest more, you'll get more return because who's going to buy a light novel translation that's, like, a year after
1: it's been released in Japan? Oh, oh, the thing that bugs me because I read light novels more often than I do manga is the, the when uh, like someone like Yen Press or whatever will announce that they've acquired the license to a new light novel and then they won't release the first volume for like a year and a half to two years. So it's
2: like who's going to buy it at so, that point?
0: <laughs> the thing is, though, you got to understand that a lot of anime is made to sell the manga or the, the novels, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the main point of making it. It's popular enough that they think if they make an anime adaptation, it's going to drive up the sales of the manga or the light novel, which generally is true. That's exactly what happens when an anime comes out. And for a lot of companies that do translations, they just don't know how popular it'll be. You know, they don't want to translate, acquire a license for something that they're going to have to have for a couple years and translate and spend all the time thinking about like um, distribution and stuff like that and not get a good return within a couple years or so. That's I, I I personally think that's how it is just because it's it seems like they don't want to get in bed with something that they don't think it's going to last. So they just give us like
2: a half-assed product.
0: I mean, it's like okay, yeah, okay I don't... like
2: you're <laughs> killing yourself before you've even tried. Like, oh, this isn't going <laughs> to this might not be a profitable venture. Let's not even try. Just like maybe that's a self fulfilling prophecy, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe people need to understand that this is a form of entertainment. Entertainment has always been big to humans, right? We love entertainment, and that we love fiction—that's for sure. Sometimes, maybe you need to, you know, take the cost, man. Maybe it'll be a good venture. You don't know. Your expert analysts don't know about the future. Like especially with the internet culture we have nowadays, we don't know what is going to become a hit. Like it, it's some. There are some franchises that just become an overnight sensation that no one even cared about until it got an anime, and it's hard to picture that. Like an example is One Punch Man. Um, it it as a manga, it's it's whatever, right? When one originally made it, it was super like ugly, but there was a publisher that was like, hey, this is actually super funny. I want to put this to my company and have my artist who does really good art work on a man- manga and then the manga got super popular overnight because it's like yo this is fucking ridiculous like it's great and it became an overnight sensation but it's hard to pick those and no one wants to risk the money
1: whatever you whatever kinda, you the same thing kind of happened when they did the anime adaptation of on. like Kaon was not a popular manga. It, it's still not a very popular manga, but they made an anime adaptation of it and it was it became one of the best like one of the most well-received anime of all
2: time. All I'm saying is that whatever you choose to translate, release it near the time of original release and if it's not going to if it's not returning, then just don't continue cancel yeah, the manga. Don't continue or, translating well, it. Like you're killing it before it even has a chance to go uh, blow up by not releasing it on time, especially for an industry like manga, light novels, and anime, where they are very time sensitive. A lot of the viewers slash readers care about things that come out, and they care about it when they come out, and like a year later, they don't care about it. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind if Uh, manga translators dropped more but released more on time that might actually i feel like that would be a way better business model
0: and you're right like uh shonen jump for example they started doing english translations and they released their weekly jump about one week after the japanese release because they have like you know 13 or so whatever mangas to translate and send over to here in america and you can just get the digital copy instead of buying it at a store but so far it's they worked still pretty the, okay do they still sell the paper copy i i don't know i don't live in japan <laughs> but i know that there's a digital no, copy that's translated every week i meant
1: i meant here um in, in, in the u.s in, in north I, america
0: i don't know i go to the bookstore and usually it's only um tankoban when they okay. when they have like all the chapters out the monthly releases they do that yeah still but it's just it's a hard medium to capture, especially since, you know, if it's like a manga, it's like it's monthly released. But for light novels, you're right. Like novels are released every month or two or three or even four months. Right. A novel comes out. They have ample time to get it. But there's also a lot of pressure on the um <laughs> the writers to, you know, fucking finish your fucking manuscript and give Unless it to Unless you happen to
1: be Nicio Easton and he like comes out with five novels a month
0: yeah but that's that's kind of like one of the other differences it already it's a tight deadline for these novel artists writers novel writers what the fuck do we call them writers authors Authors. Authors. what's an author i don't read (laughs) yeah fuck i don't read the hell i watch moving pictures man that sign can't stop me i can't read (laughs) yeah manga gets
2: released more often but i mean there's less to translate (laughs) <laughs> novels i feel like i feel like um the number of chapters that a manga released equivalent to the frequency of a light novel there's gonna be like significantly less to translate for the manga
0: yeah but you can't just release a single chapter a week no that's you know fine saying, if you don't do that but like it.
2: even even the uh english version of the Tankobon of however the volumes even the english volumes do not come out like near the same time as the japanese volumes and i feel like that's
0: it's it's based on different uh publishers right like yen press they're infamously known for their extremely slow translations and releasing volumes of novels and tankobans like literally six months after at the least sorry not for the year. inconvenience but
1: overlord volume 14 is delayed
0: yeah and i i i don't know it just it feels like it's a something that we really can't control like yeah we as fans want it as soon as possible this is why i love fan translations because it's like oh what it aired in japan like four hours ago and now it's in america like what Crunchyroll is doing with anime i love that right but it's just
1: hard it may also be worth mentioning that um at least in north america and the united states in particular um these companies like Yen Press and Vertical and all that do these translation, these official translations of manga and light novels. That job is not is neither very lucrative nor qu- very attractive. So there's not a lot of people that do it full time compared to, you know, like animators for an anime.
0: Especially when you get an anime to translate, you get the transcript. So you actually know, you can like see what, and it's, it's a lot less than fucking a novel. You've got 700 pages here that you need to translate. It just came out and it it takes a while.
2: Yeah. Like for Mm -hmm. a novel, I personally, well, I don't know. Like I personally would wait a month, but I, I don't know if that's a feasible time period to translate it.
1: Maybe if there were two or three translators working on it.
2: I definitely think they should use multiple translators.
1: I don't know about that, because then... Uh,
0: you know sure what? Fuck if... it. Cut out the middleman, just write it in English. mariyama start writing there over more in English. <laughs> there you go.
1: Hey, hey, if Kizuna I can learn English, anyone can.
2: <laughs> but then again, like... It's not like the actual original author submits the full 700-page novel to his editor all at once. I mean, if they cooperate with the editors in Japan and get the chapters like as they are written then i'm sure i'm sure there is a way to uh, get it released earlier i mean this is just ridiculous to to think that you know you have to wait 3 to 6 months to get it um translated when you literally wait 1 hour to get the at uh, the anime episode translated from japanese to english i mean there was a time when waiting an hour past the Japanese release was a ludicrous idea, and now it's possible. So I'm sure there's a way.
0: All I'm hearing is you should probably just learn to speak moon runes, man. You really should, and that's what I'm <laughs> hearing
1: too. Although it is, it is uh, we need to wrap this up because this episode's gone over an hour. Uh, but it's also worth mentioning that some light novel authors do actually speak English good enough to help With the English official English translations of their novels. Um, one that comes to mind is Nisio Isen actually did help with the or is still helping with the English translations of uh the Monogatari series. No offense to Nisio Isen, but that sounds like it's gonna slow down the process. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think he's like 100% fluent in English, but he knows he's like pretty fluent. I'm not saying that he's not fluent. I'm just saying that he's one man, and he can only do so much. And I, th- I think it's because, in in particular, with the Monogatari series, which is what he's helping with, there's a lot of cultural references in there that don't exactly translate very well. So that may be part of it. But I, I do know that there are light novel authors that do sometimes that 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 have knowledge of the English language will sometimes help with the, the official English translations.
0: All right. I don't know if so... that helps or
1: hurts the translation, but.
0: For faster translations, let's all just learn Moonrune. That's 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 what I'm hearing. Hey, th- then you can actually
1: you know watch anime without subtitles. You can actually you can actually watch the anime as the
0: director intended. Bitch please, I watch American <laughs> shows with subtitles. Alright. I'd like to read my <laughs> subtitles. Same girl.
1: Uh I think that's a good place to end this. Alright. With you reading subtitles. <laughs> I just keep thinking of that meme. You go, no talking goes to Japan. And it's like, where the fuck? Where the the sh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions, or if you have ideas for topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Good
0: night, everybody.
1: I don't know what that accent was, but it was offensive.
0: <laughs> I, I don't remember where it's from now. Fuck. Was it, it's one of those Adam Sandler films, right? I... You're asking me, you get the fucking
1: impression. (laughs)